This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for listening on Wednesday, March the 31st. What could be the hottest March day in 50 years, beating yesterday's record? First today, and with schools preparing to break up for Easter, the Kent Online podcast has been finding out if mass COVID testing in secondaries has worked. It was introduced when students went back earlier this month to try and reduce the number of bubbles or year groups being sent home to isolate. We've been speaking to Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers and in charge at Falston Manor School in Sittingbourne. Well, with a great relief, I think we're now at a point where the vast majority of schools have completed the on-site testing. We've uh, we've had to test every student three times, every member of staff three times, uh, but we are now moving to the position where home testing has taken over. So we're providing kits for students, for staff, and they are conducting those at home. So it's been a, a monumental task, but we have, we have got there uh, eventually. It would appear that there have been relatively few positive tests during the school testing programme. That might be because the tests themselves are not as accurate as they might be. It might be because of the work that schools have done to produce the safest possible environment. It may be just a reflection of the low numbers of cases within local areas. So it is it is hard to tell. There have been a, a smattering of schools where they've had to send year groups home, had to send bubbles home because of positive tests. But at the moment, that does not seem to be a high number. The impact on the cases generally across the community, as I say, is going to be reviewed during the course of the next fortnight once schools finish on Thursday. What has been said quite rightly is that schools have done everything they possibly can to make them as safe as possible. But quite clearly, if you are putting hundreds and thousands of young people together in in small spaces, there will be an impact. And there appears to be, from national statistics, some sort of rise in the five to 19 age bracket, which would tend to reflect what has been anticipated. So, of course, it's not 100% safe. Schools are doing everything they can to mitigate the risks, and they have done right the way through from last March. Um, And hopefully, with the, the vaccines going into older people, with vaccines coming down and a discussion about vaccines for, for younger people coming in later on, um, we are in a position where we hope we can maintain full opening through the course of the summer. That's obviously what we want. Uh, whether we can or not will depend on the figures we get over the next two weeks. Well, infection rates in Kent have risen ever so slightly since schools reopened. 668 cases were recorded across the county in the week to last Thursday. That's up 15% on the pre previous seven days. However, deaths and hospital admissions continue to fall. Meantime, a new report says the Kemp variant of the virus is no more deadly than the original strain, but increases the risk of needing hospital treatment. The findings have been made by Public Health England after several thousand cases were examined. Elsewhere today, and the podcast has been told that some people may never return to working in an office full-time after the pandemic. Some have spent a year working from home and many employers are now deciding whether to keep large offices open. Nationwide has already decided to shut sites and has told 13,000 employees they can work anywhere. Roland Stanley runs Dragon Coworking in Rochester. He's been explaining that many will want to socialise again but may ditch the commute. London will always be the epicentre and I think people will want to go back there to work and uh, 
uh, they'll enjoy sort of maybe one or two days a week there. Uh, but I think the whole thing going forward is going to be about flexibility and choice and employers giving their employees an extra choice of what they want to do. So perhaps they'll work in London one or two days a week, you know, and then they'll perhaps, uh, you know, work in a co-working space one or two days a week and work from home on a Friday, whatever suits their family needs. And I think that's going to be, it's one of the things I think the pandemic's really, really changed. It's changed the whole thought process for employees and employers. Um, about what they need to do and it's, it's exciting times ahead I think and I think for, for the workforce it's going to be great that we can actually choose what we want to do where we want to work and it's going to be better for our work and, and life and uh, yeah I think it's going to be exciting times in the next few years. I think it was coming but it was just going to come very slowly and this is just really focused. Um, I mean for a lot of employers there's a big push uh, to actually change going to work from being a, a bit of drudgery to actually a real experience and especially youngsters coming into the workplace now they're not looking for the salaries and things so much it's all about the experience an employer can give to them and the work-life balance um, so I think it was coming anyway but this is really really focused it and you know people I mean I've got friends you know that, that can't wait to get back to London mainly because they're going to see their friends and be a bit more social up in town um, but we're hoping sort of like by building places like Dragon, we can do that, but locally, um, and it give people another option uh, for working. So they don't have to be sitting at home or traveling up to London. There's that third option they can do, uh, rather than doing those uh, traditional options. I mean, there are certain companies which will always want their office, they'll always want their workforce actually in their office. Then there are other companies that are gonna actually reevaluate it and, and perhaps have a ho an office half the size um, and rotate the workforce. Then there will be other, off other um, employers that decide that they want to get rid of our offices altogether. So I think it's going to be a real mix of, of how people sort of handle it and um, hopefully they're all going to be talking to their, their employees and actually work out actually what's best for them um, as well as best for the businesses as well. So like I was saying, running, running an office is an expensive um, business, you know, and there's so much other paperwork and things associated with that. So if co-working spaces and places like us can actually take that slack up and make it easier for businesses to operate, that's, that's, that's what we're here for. Part of Medway Council's main site at Gunwharf in Chatham looks set to be rented out as staff continue to work from home. Kent Online News. Organisers of a vigil for Sarah Everard in London claim a report saying police acted appropriately shows institutional sexism. We told you yesterday the independent review found officers remained professional as the crowd turned hostile. But the Reclaim the Streets group says the Met Force isn't taking responsibility for their actions. An officer from Deal has been charged with kidnapping and murdering the 33-year-old after her body was found near Ashford. A Gravesend school is warning pupils to be vigilant after a man apparently tried to get a girl into his car. The sixth former is said to have been approached near Norfleet School for Girls. An email's been sent home to parents and safety measures have been stepped up. A man in his 30s remains in a serious but stable condition in a London hospital after being hit by a lorry on the A21 near Lamberhurst. Crash investigators say it happened between Lamberhurst Quarter and the Forstall Farm roundabout around midday on Monday. The Archbishop of Canterbury has responded for the first time to claims Harry and Meghan got married in secret. The Duchess of Sussex told Oprah Winfrey they tied the knot three days before so they could exchange their vows in private. Justin Welby says the legal one was the royal wedding on the Saturday. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. 
Next today, and it's feared the pandemic has led to a rise in puppy smuggling as more young dogs are brought into the UK illegally through Dover. The Dogs Trust has rescued 1,500 unlawfully imported puppies over the past five years. Their latest case involved five dogs that were transported thousands of miles from Slovakia to Kent in squalid conditions. Figures show a 62% rise in the number of adverts for the top five breeds in the county in the 12 months to February. Claire Wilson and Leary from the charity has been speaking to Lucy. Lisa is our 1500 puppy rescued through our puppy pilot scheme which was set up in 2015. Bifa came in with four other puppies um, after being seized at ports. Um, sadly three of the puppies did pass away because they were so poorly, um, likely a result of the conditions they were bred and transported in at such a young, a young age. So sadly, these puppies are just um, one case out of thousands of puppies that are smuggled into the country every year. Um, we suspect that the puppies that come in of the puppy pilot are just the tip of the iceberg. Um, so we really want to raise awareness of this issue and, and call on government to put a stop to the to puppy smuggling. And can you tell us a bit about what those puppies would have been through? What kind of journey would they have had before they arrived in the UK, where would they, where have they come from and what, what sort of suffering they've been through? So the majority of the puppies that we see coming onto the puppy pilot are from countries in Central and Eastern Europe, so Hungary, Lithuania, for example, in this case, Slovakia. Um, so they are being transported thousands of miles across Europe to get to, to the UK. Often this is in really squalid conditions, with no food, um, very little water, no exercise or, or toilet breaks. So they're really not getting the best start in life. And I think if, if people were aware um, of what these puppies were going through, they really wouldn't want to fuel that trade. Um, so we're, we're raising awareness of this. We're urging buyers to be, be sort of vigilant when they're looking to buy a puppy and be asking all the right questions to ensure that they don't get dogfished. Yeah, and that's, that is a really good point, isn't it? Because there is something people can do about this, um, but also you're, you're calling for action from the government as well. Could you tell me a bit about that? So we've been calling on the government to take action for more than six years now. Um, our message really is that now is the time to stop puppy smuggling. We would like the minimum age at which puppies can be imported into the UK raised from just 15 weeks to six months, which would make them uh, much less desirable for buyers. We also need to see greater deterrence to the criminals involved in this trade. There's a huge amount of money to be made. Um, the puppies that we rescued on the Papa Pilot um, have a street value of more than £3 million. So there's a huge amount of money to be made with very little risk involved. We would like to see tougher penalties. The foundation that runs two animal parks in Kent is being investigated by the Charity Commission. The watchdog says it's looking into serious concerns about governance and financial management in relation to the Aspinall Foundation and Howlett's Wild Animal Trust. The Kent Online podcast has been told trustees have cooperated fully since they were first contacted last year to resolve the Commission's concerns. A driver has been caught out by his fitness app after it confirmed he was travelling at 120 miles per hour when he was pulled over by police on the A2. The tracker congratulated him on his highest speed yet. An officer tweeted about it with hashtag when fitness trackers backfire. Meantime, a 15-year-old boy has been arrested on suspicion of dangerous driving following a police chase in Gravesend, which saw a vehicle clock more than 100 miles per hour. It was eventually stopped in Rutan Road. Two men were also arrested on suspicion of theft. 
A ban on barbecues, big bins and wardens moving drivers away from the seafront are going to be used to try and reduce disruption on part of the Kent coast this summer. You might remember Folkestone, Hythe and Romney Marsh saw a huge influx of visitors when COVID restrictions were lifted last year and it's thought it could happen again. Well now council bosses say they're putting measures in place to reduce the amount of litter and antisocial behaviour. £10 million is going to be spent on a revamp of the Pentagon Shopping Centre in Chatham. There's going to be a reduction in retail space to make room for a public sector tenant, although full details haven't been announced just yet. Part of the centre, which is owned by Medway Council, is currently being used as a mass coronavirus vaccination centre. An independent review is going to be carried out at a school in Medway, where half the staff have left in just over a year. The regional school's commissioner is going to look into the high turnover at Halling Primary and complaints from former staff members. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham welcome struggling Wigan Athletic to Priestfield later. The Jules will be hoping to extend their unbeaten run to five games after picking up a point at Hull City at the weekend. This evening's visitors are currently down in the relegation places in League One, while our Gillingham reporter Luke Cordell has been speaking to boss Steve Evans. Chairman popped in at the training ground the other day and, um, and he, he, listen, he's, he's told them all, I'm so proud of what you're doing uh, and so he should be. You know, and we're proud of him. You know, we're not a Wigan, we're not a Bury. Uh, we are telling a football club that in these strenuous, strenuous financial difficult times, climate, even for this little club, you know, they're a bit lucky here. They have a wealthy owner that, that puts millions in. We're, we're, we're not that football club. We're a football club that just has to operate and make sure we're a football club to all be part of in um, in August. But, you know, I'm, I'm watching that game today. We're 1-0 down. Half time, I've gone in. I said to the players, I'm, I'm not troubled because we've not really played yet. We've got so much more to give. Certainly in the attacking areas, can we change it around? We'll change the shape if it's not working. We went through how we were going to do it. So we're all very clear about it. And, and to be fair, when we equalised the nice thing, I thought, oh, that money I paid for my daughter's wedding, she's going to turn up with that lad from home. That's what I thought. She's going to turn up and marry him now. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm disappointed that I've not got the bragging rights inside the family tonight. I think my players deserve the bragging rights. I was going to say it's going to be an expensive, expensive summer for you now, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's thank, thankfully the wedding's paid for, <laughs> and um, it's a good job it's paid for because we wouldn't be in these times. It would be tough, wouldn't it? Because the chairman identified it and addressed it in his notes. Not just as a staff, for me as a manager, all the players we've all contributed. We we have to continue to do that. We have to make sure that Gillingham Football Club is 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 here when when hopefully post mid June when the the prime minister opens his up. Look. I want to see fans in Priestville. We we really miss our supporters. We we miss them more than more. These these guys all say they miss the fans. There have been seventeen, eighteen thousand here today, and that's when a win of three points against some really really makes a difference. Really gives you that buzz. Um, but their their situation fight at the top is no matter. My situation is Wigan Wednesday. Nothing else matters. We'll go back on the coach. We'll freshen the boys up, and we'll go again. It's some incentive for Wednesday. Three points and. For a time, at least, you, you might you'd be, well, you would be in the top six. Yeah, that, that'll bother me. I, I think I look at two ways. I think, can we get that three points? It's going to be tough. They've had some great results in recent weeks, Wigan. Look at them. Really good results. They're playing with some confidence. I've drawn with Ipswich today. Really tough challenge that is with Cookie gone there. But back to his old club as well. So that would be tough. Um, but, but three points makes Friday interesting for me. When we're training, others haven't played. So if we don't look after Wednesday... But then more of it, hoping and all that stuff on Friday. We look after ourselves. That's all it's about. So I said to the players, we can't affect whether Hull beat Sunday or 
Peterborough beat Sunday or Sunderland beat Sunday. We just cannot affect that situation. We have to keep totally, totally focused on our own situation, try and deal with Wigan. And it would, just, it would just make Friday interesting. All the big budgets, all these squeaky bum times, and all the managers that say we can't get beaten by them. They've done well since we beat them. It's an earlier kickoff today. It's getting underway at 5.30. Follow Kent Online Jules on Twitter for match updates. And in cricket, Kent have signed a promising new player. Tawanda Muyayi is joining the club on a three-year contract ahead of the new season. The 20-year-old says he's delighted to achieve his dream of becoming a professional cricketer. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app. It will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. To do it, it's really straightforward. Just head to subsaver.co.uk News you can trust This is the Kent Online Podcast This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks